This is the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast, a podcast brought to you by two physical therapists devoted to helping physical therapists and other healthcare providers become better educators to patients, students, the community, and each other by interviewing prominent and passionate people within the realms of healthcare and education. The Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast is intended literally for educational and entertainment purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based on only one source, and therefore this podcast should not be used as personal medical advice. While care has been taken to ensure accuracy, occasionally mistakes and factual errors can be present, as we are only human. This is our journey on the road to becoming better educators, so get ready with your pen and paper as class is about to begin. Welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. I am Brand Pollen, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, F. Scott Feel. And today, we're very happy to bring two other physical therapists, specifically that have additional experience in treating fitness athletes, as today we welcome Drs. Mitch Babcock and Zach Long onto the show. For our listeners who have not heard of them, I'll give a brief intro to both of them, starting with Mitch. Now, Dr. Mitch Babcock is a physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 trainer with a primary purpose of helping others pursue a greater state of health through fitness. After receiving his bachelor's degree in exercise science, Mitch went on to receive his doctorate in physical therapy at the University of Michigan Flint, and he graduated in 2016 to better understand the human movement system and help others recover from their injuries and limitations hindering their performance. With personal training experience in CrossFit as an NPC physique competitor and in endurance events, Mitch continues to test his physical potential daily in order to better help reach people reach theirs. He teaches the online class Fitness Athlete Essential Foundations and the Fitness Athlete Live Seminar with Ryan Smith, and he also co-teaches the advanced concepts in the clinical management of the fitness athlete, along with Dr. Zach Long, through the Institute of Clinical Excellence. He is a CrossFit Level 1 trainer, certified mobility WOD movement and mobility specialist, certified in the functional movement screen, certified in the selective functional movement assessment, and certified in Rock Tape Level 2 FMT. He is the owner of Fitness TX, Aiding Elite Fitness, which is in the town of Holly, Michigan, which is about 20 miles south of Flint, Michigan. And he offers rehabilitation, recovery, and post-rehabilitation strength progressions through a tailored program to help people get back to the PR numbers that they're accustomed to and eventually to a new PR. Now, Dr. Zach Long is a physical therapist in Charlotte, North Carolina, and runs an industry-leading fitness website called The Barbell Physio, where he is a trusted resource to thousands of athletes, coaches, and healthcare professionals across the U.S. and beyond. Additionally, Zach teaches the advanced concepts in the management of the fitness athlete course through the Institute of Clinical Excellence. Zach is an ABPTS sports certified specialist, level one CrossFit trainer, NASM Performance Enhancement Specialist, and Certified SFMA Practitioner. Now, gentlemen, first, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast today to share your perspectives. And now I realize that your intros were very brief, but was there anything that I forgot to mention about you guys in your intros that you think our audience should know before we start? I don't know about brief. It it seems like you you hit all of it there. Yeah. Well, you didn't mention Mitch's triceps, which are quite impressive. And uh, you didn't mention my ankle mobility, which is ridiculously off the charts great, mostly because I have absolutely no calf muscles. And Zach is a pirate. Arr. That's right. More of a Tar Heel. Oh, come on, but man. Also tar yeah, Heel. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. As a demon deacon and a, and a pirate, I'll allow it. 
Now, one thing that uh, you know that should be mentioned is that I did a clinical internship with Zach, so that's where my relationship with Zach was formed. Um, so I did one of my uh, full-time clinicals down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, alongside him. So um, if I sound biased or brainwashed in any sense, it's his fault. We can blame him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was going to say anything smart you say today is fully a result of working with me. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so, guys, uh, you both have a good experience treating fitness athletes at this point in your careers. Um, in your opinions, what are some of the biggest pros and cons of treating fitness athletes? Well, they're definitely a really uh, proactive and highly motivated group. So they're going to really spend some time when they have an issue going on looking for information themselves prior to coming and seeing you. Uh, they really do a lot of different things, especially in the CrossFit world, uh, to try to improve their performance on their own and treat themselves. I'd say that's probably the biggest pro working that, with that population. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, going along with that, they're very, if I have to sum it up, they're very program-minded, right? They're so used, as these athletes are so used to, seeing what the work is that they need to get done for the day and getting it done, checking the box and moving on. And so when we prescribe rehab or, or some sort of rehabilitation program, they, they very much like to have that program in front of them, check the box, know that they did it that day, and move on, which is an HEP adherence that we wish all of our, parent, our patients uh, possess, but definitely common in this population. Yeah, Zach, you have any cons? Oh, cons. Um, well, I will say that that research does at times make it a little bit more difficult to work with them because maybe they've uh, they've got some false beliefs based on what they saw online or you know, just got those those really firm beliefs because they followed somebody on Instagram who has a big account or something like that. Uh, the other con would be is a lot of times, just like runners are, it can be really difficult to get them to cut down on training volume when sometimes they need a little decrease in volume. That would be the two biggest ones. So you've almost got to do damage control and uneducate them on some of the bad habits or bad ideas that they've got. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Every, uh, every CrossFit athlete, Olympic lifter, power lifter has uh, glutes that don't activate and tight so as and their piriformis is shot. Yeah, no, I agree totally in, with what Zach's saying. They, because they are so proactive, because they are so involved, they, they will come to the table with a lot of uh, false narratives from people that they may have seen or heard. You know, they, they, they train, they, they love to train. And so it's very, very hard. You know, we're always talking about increasing load in our patients. With, with some of these patients, it's about decreasing the load. It's about pulling back the reins a bit um, and just kind of keeping them focused on, on what the stages of rehab really look like and how we're going to progress them forward and, and keep them on that time frame of sorts. Yeah, so kind of like how to meet them at their level to get them to see the right point of view and how they've been misguided. I think that's a good that's a good take, good point. So guys, with you know with all the physical therapy, you know educating our patients is absolutely huge, and finding the best way through various methods to present the information in a simple and relevant way uh, can be a challenge at times to us all. I know I know we've all experienced that. And for you guys, what are some of the biggest keys that you guys have found with teaching the fitness athlete? You know, we have to preach, and, and this is common with our with our institute courses that we teach with fitness athletes. It is the foundation of which we start kind of everything off from is is understanding tissue capacity and understanding load management of that sort. And so we spend a lot of time with our and during our evals of, of trying to make that analogy clear. And and you know, we've uh, guys like Greg Lehman have have come out with a lot of great analogies and other great clinicians as well about you know building the cup. You know, the tissue capacity is like a it's it's a cup, and if we overflow that cup, then we can, you know, it can result in some some inflammatory issues or some injuries and that sorts. And and our training is about just calming that system down, building up that cup, and so that our our, 
our capacity and our our robustness is more, and we can we can handle more later. So using that analogy and, and, and wrapping their minds around the fact that okay, I understand what I've done. I've overtrained, or or I've, I've run myself into a little bit of a, a corner here. We're going to back off the throttle, and then we're going to build the capacity and move forward after that. And so I think that analogy um, in a source is one that I go to often to help really teach that lesson with this clientele. I would follow that up, the, the training volume stuff and those analogies up with relating a lot of the treatments that we would do to their performance, because that's going to further motivate them to get on top of things. So if we say, uh, hey, the way you squat right now, it looks to me like, you know, you're putting a little bit more emphasis on this muscle and that's taking the brunt of the force. Well, if we can bring up this this muscle or this set of muscles or get you moving slightly different we're not only going to help spread the load out along these multiple tissues that are performing that movement, but we're also going to have you in a position where down the road, you're not going to have as low of a ceiling on what you could potentially be lifting. That's a good point. Kind of going off that last question, what are some of the experiences that you guys have had um, as far as like some of the barriers uh, that you hit with treating and training fitness athletes? And what are some of the strategies that you guys find most effective uh, with overcoming those barriers? So I'd say uh, a big barrier is in the fitness world, they're, they're so big on soft tissue work and foam rolling, the cross balling, that I think a lot of times they come in with the idea that even though they've already foam rolled and the cross balled and all that stuff, they still need to get ART or some other passive treatments that are going to break up scar tissue or break up those nasty adhesions in their muscle, whatever it is. And I think then that's when your conversation really has to go back to what Mitch was talking about, where we're talking about your, your tissues training capacity and needing to raise that up because without training capacity, there's no way they're going to have these long-term changes in their performance and their health. Yeah, that's a great point. And that, that is, that is a nuanced issue right there that you had to deal a lot with. And I don't know, a lot of clinicians will, will integrate some of that, you know, just to, as their kind of stepping stone and then they'll move beyond it very quickly. But, you know, going along with that is, you know, very difficult this population when we talk about training loads and when we talk about trying to monitor those those are very difficult in crossfit athletes right because there's there's so much variance it, 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 i say it often it's the beauty and also the downfall of of crossfit is is how much variance is built in and so when we have an athlete when we're trying to track how much squatting volume it, it can become uh difficult in you know well am i counting the air squats that we did during this workout and are you only talking about loaded squats that we're doing during during this day etc and so when we're really trying to get a grasp for how much load is going on or how much training load is really going to become difficult, you know, I've really encouraged a lot of my athletes to or my clients to keep a training log during their rehab process if they don't already. Now, I know a lot of CrossFit athletes will write everything down. They're very uh, thorough with that and want logging their workouts and seeing what they've done to be able to reflect back on it. But especially important during the rehab process when we're really trying to get a handle on some things get some hot things to calm down and then progress the capacity of other things and we're monitoring the response to it as they go. It's really important to have an understanding of how much they've done. What did they do two weeks ago or, you know, what did they do last week? What did they do two days ago? And how's that infecting me as I move forward? So I'm encouraging them to keep a log of their, their stuff just to get, get a better idea of it. Yeah, that's a good, those are good points, guys. So say either a new graduate PT or practicing PT who's considering um, looking into treating more fitness athletes. And, you know, we know that there's a ton of content out there and it can be very overwhelming. In your guys' opinions, what are some of the best resources that you guys would recommend for either a new graduate who's, who's treating fitness athletes or maybe a more experienced clinician who's looking to start entering that realm? This is a great question. And I'm not, not even going to let Zach go first because 
I'm going to give him a shout out because he's too humble to do it himself. I, I would say start with Zach's website. And for a number of years, he's been putting out content that's not even going to help the athlete, but also help the clinician a ton um, just from his experience of seeing this stuff. And if he hasn't wrote a blog about it yet, I'm not sure that it exists as a condition, right? So, so you should probably start there. But but you're 100% right. Like there's so many people now with a voice. I don't have much room to say. I'm just another one, right? Joining the crowd of people shouting. Um, but I think that's good. That brings overall awareness um, across the country, across across the globe for that matter. You know, names like Kelly Starrett, he's been doing it forever. You know, he was the pioneer in this field of, of putting out content to help the CrossFit athlete. Um, guys like Quinn Hennock um, out there with the Juggernaut crew and the, and the clinical athlete uh, staff. I think he's putting out some great content and does some courses of its own. Um, obviously, we built out our courses through the Institute of Clinical Excellence because we feel like this is a, a need. And this, there's a lot of clinicians that are looking for content in this area and a place to start. And so, you know, the reason we built those out is such. But a ton of great resources. I'm curious to hear who Zach brings up. Uh, I want to say something Mitch and I talk about a lot is we think more clinicians should take the CrossFit Level 1 course. The CrossFit Level 1 course does an amazingly good job at teaching coaches how to coach. And I, I don't think that's something that we get enough of in school. Coaching athletes and how to move and breaking out the squat, the deadlift, the med ball clean, the overhead press. They give a lot of great verbal and tactile cues to help average coaches really quickly learn how to improve movement patterns. So I think very highly of the CrossFit Level 1. Uh, as somebody that has had a lot of experience in the strength and conditioning world, I was amazed at how much I learned in that two-day course myself. I went in really thinking I wouldn't learn much, uh, and it was a really good course. Mitch mentioned some great names, and thank you for the shout-out, Mitch. Um, I would say one that, that you definitely want to check out is Greg Knuckles. Greg is a really, really good power lifter, as well as one of the brightest minds in the strength and conditioning world right now. Uh, he puts out tons of great content specifically for clinicians who want to work with a fitness athlete. He's made three guides on bench press, deadlift, and squat technique that are completely free. Each of these as a PDF are about 100 pages full of nonstop references and research uh, that really breaks down those movement patterns uh, from performance and, and health perspectives. And those are unbelievable resources to have in your pocket. Yeah, Zach, I'm really excited to hear you say that because I'm actually signed up for the uh, level one CrossFit uh, for the end of the year here. And I, I, you know, I haven't lifted weights in probably 10 years or so. And so this year, uh, through Mike Eisenhart's Free the Yoke Summer of Move, uh, I, I did. I started getting back into the gym and just, you know, trying to find a starting point for me. Um, and so I started my own little blog about, you know, I'm a PT, not a CrossFitter, but I aspire to be one maybe, you know, or, or maybe not, but I need to find out. And everything that I've, that I've done as far as research points me to that. Just take the level one CrossFit uh, class. It's great. So, uh, I'm glad to hear me, you say that. Let me, let me throw one more thing out there. Um, actually probably who I've learned the most from over the last year is, is a woman named Pamela Gagnon and she is a high level CrossFit gymnastics coach. But how I got introduced to her was I knew she was a CrossFit coach. And I just went to her and said, hey, I want to learn from you. I want to start working together. Nothing special. Uh, I just went to somebody local and said, let me learn from you. And I have learned a ridiculous amount from this woman. And everybody listening to this probably has somebody in their area. Maybe they're not a physical therapist or chiropractor or rehab professional or whatever. But there's somebody in your area you can learn from. And if you just go start poking around and spend an afternoon with somebody and Spend an afternoon with a couple people and see, you're going to find somebody that's going to teach you a lot that you would not have expected to. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome point. Um, so guys, just, 
you know, what would you say is some of the most helpful pieces of advice you could give to maybe a new graduate or a PT who's looking to maybe start their own fitness athlete business? Coach, get out there and coach. Uh, you know, if, if you want to work with CrossFitters, get your CrossFit level one, go to a local gym, see if you can start coaching because the number of athletes that you're going to see moving per class is probably about as many people. You'll see as many people move in that one hour as you'll see in an entire day in the physical therapy clinic. So you coach every week for a year. The number of exposures to different movement patterns you're going to see is ridiculously off the chart. And you're going to learn a lot about coaching and watching movement over that time. So CrossFit is almost really like a classroom for fitness, right? I mean, you've got all your students in there and you're legitimately coaching them or teaching them through the movements and, and, and the workout, right? Correct. Yeah, and typically it's, it's, you know, medium sized classes, 10 to 15 people at most gyms. So you have enough time that you can get your eyes on everybody, but it's not one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, it would be great sometimes to have that one-on-one, -on -one, but then that's also going to limit how many people you get to see. So it's a good mix. Especially if you're in a gym that has some uh, coaching experience where they have some systems in place for training new coaches, that's an awesome learning experience for a new grad. Yeah, it's so funny that Zach started there because I, I'll even take it one step back before that is – you know, what I have as speak the language, but what I really mean is move, you know, move first. And I, it's strange that we have to say that, but it's, it's surprising to me how many people aspire or, or see CrossFit as some cash cow and they're, they, they can't wait to get out there and start a practice inside of a box, um, who have literally never experienced this culture before they're, they're brand new to it. And they're expecting to come in as this expert in this culture, in this environment, um, with very, very little background knowledge context not even coaching, but let alone even being coached in class. It would amount to me as though you, you were going to set up shop as being the running expert in your town and you've never ran a 5K. It, it just doesn't make sense to me to, to assume that, that based on our degree that we have everything, all the requisite knowledge and skills that we would need to walk into any environment. And I don't, think, I don't believe that to be true for a number of niche markets and, and I don't think CrossFit's any exception. So I, I love what Zach said, coach, but, but before you coach, do move, be coached, um, figure out how to move better yourself and, and to become efficient in this, um, in this world, in this culture, and then take that step onto coaching. Like you said, you, you'll get your eyes on so many people. I just had a, a dear friend of mine who uh, just graduated PT school, passed her licensure, and is kind of in that 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 limbo waiting period in between getting started with work and spent a day with me and you know mentioned during one of the classes that I was coaching and she's like, there's just so much movement to be observed right here and, and it's 100% true. I mean, 15 to 20 people in a class, and, and you can see so much variability. You can pick up on so many nuances and patterns in that one hour that uh, you'd be amazed. Yeah, for sure. And I like, guys, what you said in terms of about how, you know, really being, you know, in the patient's shoes first, you know, to be your own in terms of being active, but also developing your coaching skills. And, you know, when you said that, that kind of reminded me um, of another resource that, that, you know, that I kind of recently got done reading. I got finished reading uh, Brett Bartholomew's Conscious Coaching book, and he really goes into the art of coaching about from the social construct. And I thought that that was pretty helpful. Now, granted, I'm not a fitness athlete specialist by any means, but I just read that book and I found that was pretty interesting. So I just thought I would share that. But, you know, guys, with you guys being relatively young PTs, uh, could you guys touch on your experiences with teaching other clinicians and particularly those with more clinical experience and kind of what you guys have learned from these teaching experiences? Uh, well, I'd say young PTs. So, so Mitch has been graduated for a year now. I have for four years. So yes, we're young, 
but you know we're we're in a very specific target audience we've got a very specific set of uh, advanced skills and that is working with the fitness athlete and so we're not going around and, and telling people in our course that hey we're, we're the guru on treating everything back and we know how to fix all backs we're going to them and saying hey when it comes to understanding the specific needs of the fitness athlete we've got you covered and i think that's uh that's something that people that take the course really understand that we're not experts and we learn from everybody in the course on different treatment ideas and treatment philosophies but when it comes to managing the fitness athlete that's that's what mitch and i have a ton of experience on well beyond our years as pts and then if you also look at it even broader than that i've been working in strength and conditioning and fitness since i was 18 years old so i've been doing that for longer than my four years as a pt and, and my four years as a pt alone does not make up what i am today professionally yeah, that's a great point, Zach. And it, that's exactly it. So just, uh, I mean, I teach two online eight-week courses and then one live seminar course. And th in every course, I am consistently learning the most out of anyone in the room. I, I truly feel that way. And, and there's no ego in these courses. There's not like, we are, you're in our course now. That, that's just ridiculous to think that way. We come right out in front and say, look, this is our lane and we're going to drive fast down it. Um, but we recognize the the vast amount of experience that we're surrounded with during these eight weeks or during this weekend course. And we'd be fools if we didn't leverage that, right? And so we pull in the expertise and the clinical pattern recognition of, of all the great clinicians that, that we're so fortunate to uh, to link up with and lock shields with during our courses. And, uh, man, like I said, I come out of that just smelling like a rose because it's, it's just so much knowledge that I can soak up during that time when I'm supposed to be teaching and, and I am teaching, but, uh, but I, I pull a ton from it. So like Zach said, we don't claim to be anything. We're not, um, we stay in our lane and we, and we do, we teach what we know best, which is, you know, the management of the fitness athlete. Yeah, Mitch, you kind of mentioned, you know, the online course versus the, the, the live course. Um, maybe you guys could talk a little bit about what you feel is the most effective way to structure a fitness athlete, athlete management course. Like, you know, do you feel like the online is more beneficial? I, I, I would think, you know, probably the live course because you can take people through the actual movements. But maybe give us a little insight as to which one you guys feel is more beneficial. Totally. Yeah. And we've had the luxury of doing one live course and we have another one coming up very soon here. And I don't know when this podcast will launch, but, um, you know, they both have their, their benefits. And what I'll say about the online course is because you, like, like you mentioned, you would assume that the live course, you can, you can get more done hands-on, right? You can see it live. And the way we structure our online courses through those eight weeks, clinicians are submitting videos of their own movement over the course of those eight weeks, and we're providing detailed feedback for them as wow, we go. Very cool. Yeah. So in the in the beauty of that is over the course of the eight weeks, we can really develop a, a strong relationship. And it's hard to do that in a weekend course. It can be done. By, no, by all means, it can be done. But over the course of the eight weeks, we're really able to get to know these individuals, really help them with their movement, really challenge their beliefs, you know, nudge them in the direction of exploring some new, you know, training environments. We've had so many clinicians now take the course reach out to us later and say i have so much more confidence now i'm going to go drop into the crossfit gym or they'll tell us that they made it their their movement practice or that they've struck up some connections now and and i truly feel that over the course of those eight weeks we're able to really you know influence in that direction so i would say they both have their their luxuries to them yeah i'd say with the the online course too you would really think that the live would be the advantage and there's definitely some stuff that we cannot do online no doubt about that but the, the depth of some of the material that we cover, like our, our week one in the advanced concepts course, we talk about programming for strength and conditioning. And basically we take, Mitch and I took two complete books, two of the best books written on this topic, 
and we took the, the meat of that out, what was most important, and we put that together in a lecture. So if we're sitting there doing this live and we're doing eight of those back to back to back, eight of these one hour lectures, how much of that stuff can people really come away with? They need to listen to that one hour lecture. They need to be given some assignments and supplemental readings beyond that. And they need to take an entire week to really be able to let this stuff like settle into their brain so that they really can, can keep it long term. And it's not just in and out because we're overloading them with information over the period of, you know, one or two days in a live course. Yeah, for sure. Those are good points. And what have you guys found? What changes do you guys plan on implementing in your courses to kind of improve your overall quality of your class? Well, uh, just today, we uh, I completely revamped what our week two is. Just We were fortunate enough in our first cohort for the advanced course to have one of the CrossFit Level 1 instructors. So she travels the world teaching these CrossFit Level 1 seminars. Give me a little critique on what I critiqued CrossFit on. And so based on that, I was able to go back and update what we're doing. And we're adding new content in as we've kind of found some holes after we went through the first cohort, talking about some women's health issues. We're bringing in some people to audit the course to give us some uh, external feedback. So a lot of things that, that we'll be changing, and it's an ever-moving program. Yeah, our, our goal is the same, is to give clinicians all of the most beneficial content and resources available to really uh, shape their practice and to be the clinician in their community to get the best results for these fitness athletes, right? That's That's the goal and the mission. It's really not about what we've built into the eight weeks or what we built into the weekend, all of that is subject to change based on emerging evidence, based on, you know, treatment philosophy change, whatever, what have you, but the goal stays the same. And so if ever we can refine that product and if we, if we ask a question about, you know, what, what are we missing? What are we missing the mark on here? What are we not delivering on? Um, we'll move whatever needs to be moved around to, to deliver that content. Yeah, that's awesome, guys. I'm I'm so glad to hear that you're like keeping on the cutting edge of of the you know most recent research and kind of really pushing your course and asking for feedback and then revising based on that feedback. Like that's just going to keep those courses doing great things. So I, I love hearing that, man. You guys are really doing an awesome job. Um, well, I gotta give guys, I gotta give go a shout out there to to our leader Jeff Moore, right? Who the founder of the institute. I mean, I mean that guy is not human for one. If you've ever been around Jeff, <laughs> you realize he's got some different DNA. Um, but it just, just strives for excellence in everything he does. And I mean, it's the reason his courses are so great and anyone who's taken one can attest to that. And so we're lucky to have a great, uh, a great leader and role model to kind of model after and, and help us refine our teachings from there. Awesome. Guys, uh, we like to wrap each episode up with the same question. Um, if you could change one aspect of healthcare education, DPT or otherwise, what aspect would you change and how would you change it? Oh, man, I'll probably do a rant on this every yeah, single week. I was just going to say, Zach, try to keep this one short, man. <laughs> um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it a little bit more PG than my typical rants are, Mitch. Um, yeah, good idea. I'll say, I'd say the, the biggest thing I think as physical therapists we need more of is, is business skills. I'm fortunate enough to work with some awesome chiropractors and what they come away with from a business standpoint and marketing standpoint is so far above us. And I think a lot of the problems that we have as a profession, as far as our image comes down to our lack of marketing. And we, as a profession, tend to have these nonstop Facebook debates on why people don't like what we're doing, but we never do anything about it. And I think the, the reason we never do anything about it is because, you know, we just don't have this business mindset and it just makes us uh, in comparison to other professions. And I don't mean this is a knock against other professions at all. It makes us just look, I think, wimpy. That's an interesting perspective because I didn't even take that angle at all, but I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I, 
I agree fully with that. But you know, when you when you pose the question of healthcare, how do we change healthcare education? You know, I keep getting caught up on health, and you know, we go on that full rant of like, is our current healthcare system really about health at all? And so, you know, my bias is like, you know, really educate on the components which consistently and repeatedly move the needle in regards to health, and that's movement, exercise, and nutrition, right? Like, let's actually get in here and teach this stuff the way it needs to be taught. And I don't care what profession you're in, to what degree you dive into that is, is subject to change. But if the, the fact that MDs are coming out with, a, you know, a two-hour lecture on nutrition and then, you know, getting hammered the rest of their four to eight years of schooling on other modalities, the fact that I come out of PT school just livid that, you know, my manual therapy skills weren't at the level that I thought I needed them to be. And never mind the fact that I'm overlooking, you know, all, all the work I could have been do doing on the exercise component of things. I mean, those two, you know, pillars, exercise and nutrition, need to be the foundation of everything our health in this country is built upon. And if we don't have the requisite knowledge and education upon them, I don't foresee how we're really going to move the needle on health and healthcare um, long term in this country where it needs to move to. And in the health model, there's nowhere better. There's no one better position to do that. What you were just saying, MIPS, than physical therapist. Yeah, no, great points, guys. I totally agree, Zach. When you were talking all about that, I think you know, I agree that having a business mindset and learning some of the basic skills to a degree is important because, you know, we can work on clinical excellence all day, and I'm not knocking it. I think it's very important. But if we can't market it, if we can't have the business mindset to get it out to the people that need to know about it, it's not going to be that effective. And you know, I, I agree with you. I think that's a good point. And also, along with Mitch, I, I totally agree that, that overall working on this, you know, population health aspect is absolutely critical. And I think it's unfortunate now in this day and age that a lot of those things to work in that extra regard really aren't incentivized too heavily at all. Um, so I think that's a shame. And I hope that that's something that we see more of in the future. But I think, like you said, it'll take more healthcare providers in general kind of working towards that route and way, wanting to get involved. That's really going to push that needle towards that direction. So great take, fellas. So, guys, you know, thanks for coming on the show with everything, and, you know, thanks for the insight on that you've all given us about, you know, everything about how to manage fitness athletes and how to even become a better clinician that deals more with treating fitness athletes, and this has been very helpful stuff, but where can people find you online and on social media? My main website is thebarbellphysio.com, and, and it's also the Barbell Physio on Facebook and Instagram. And if, if you haven't checked that blog out, that website out yet, you're doing yourself an injustice, so, so get on that. Um, you can find me, I, you know, lately I've just been putting a lot more on Instagram. Uh, it's, it's where you can keep up with my personal training with, with exercise ideas that I'm coming up with, with, um, anything I'm doing in my clinic. So you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Mitch DPT. My website is fitnesstx.physio. Uh, TX for stands for treatment, not Texas. I'm not located in Texas. That's been a little mix up a few times. So, so you can find that on Facebook as well. And, um, yeah, hit me up on all those socials. Awesome, fellas. Thanks again so much for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having us. This was awesome. Thank you for attending class today, and we hope that you learned something and gained value from the content. If you'd like to schedule office hours with us, feel free to add us on Twitter at HET Podcast, on Instagram, HET Podcast, on Facebook, the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast, and the homepage, healthcareeducationtransformationpodcast.com. And for those of you following along in the syllabus, extra credit can be obtained by liking us, sharing us, and leaving a review. Let's continue our journey up Mount Educational Success as lifelong learners.